You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Fuck, I'm going to redo that line. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means one more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users all across sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign in using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, harder, baby. All right, fucking warmed up now, ready to go. It's episode 22, my girlfriend's favorite number, so I got to perform today. Episode 22, Stick and Ring Podcast. We are back once again. We're in the mud. Welcome to the mud, everybody. I'm joined by my mud brothers, Josh and Uncle Raph. How you boys doing? Josh, let's hear it. Raph, how are you, buddy? <laughs> Elijah, how you doing, big guy? You know, Raph, I'm just, I'm hanging out. How are you? Not bad, Josh. Thanks for asking. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, it's just a great. You know what? Why don't we do this every fucking time? Like, why don't we just this, keep throwing it over? And just, you know what I mean? I, this is, this is yeah. It's be like whoever stutters first loses. Yeah, exactly. Second. Has to shotgun a beer. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll just fuck with you guys. I'll be like, all choice. right, and over to the interview now. I'll yeah. Right <laughs> Somehow managed to keep it going throughout the interview as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so dead ass, Raph. How are you tired today? I'm exhausted. I I had I think I so no I don't think uh, I had sleep paralysis last night. Uh, like, fucking, what? Is that where you're like a mind's awake but your body can't move? Yeah, yeah. It was like like I've had it before in the past, and it's definitely been worse in the past. This one wasn't that bad. Like I don't see monsters or demons or any weird shit like that. I just kind of have like the whole like my eyes are open and I'm trying to move type thing. That's wild. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. It was basically me just like it was weird because it happened like in a series of three. Like I woke up the first time and I just like just like tried getting myself up and out of bed and I couldn't. Fell back asleep, woke up again. So I was kind of like going in and out of consciousness. And then when I came back again, same thing, like trying to sit up and I couldn't. Dude, that's and then, wild. Yeah, and I don't know if the third one happened or not, but I remember like opening the door from my room and like my folks' room is right across the hallway from me. So I tried calling them, being like, "Mom, mom," or like saying something like that, and. Like, I don't know if it actually happened. Like, I remember saying those words, but the next thing you know, it's like, I'm back laying in my bed. So I don't know if that happened or not, or if last part was a dream, but no, it was weird. Dude, I kind of want to, like, put this to the test. Like, I want to sleep over at Raph's house for, like, three months straight. Just, like, yeah. in the same room and just, like... So, like, what would happen? So, like, you, so you're awake, you can't move. Yeah. But, like, if, if you think your voice works and you can talk... You like, can't talk. 
you can't oh really no like it, i it, feel, like, it I, feels like you're talking but you can't like words aren't words and sounds like, aren't coming thoughts. out yeah like i'm yeah. pretty sure i was like like if you if you could hear me i'm pretty sure i was just groaning yeah that's why it, fa- it felt so, like, like i was trying I to say wake, words but if i like wake you or i know you're like awake but what if i like move you does that fuck with you i i, I don't know like I've never like I've had this happen once while sleeping next to somebody before, and they just said that I just it sounded like I was groaning and struggling to breathe, and I just snapped out of it and woke up. I think I think it's yeah. kind of like seizures. I don't think you're supposed to wake someone up during that. It's kind no, of like sleepwalking. Yeah, I think it's they're just like sleepwalking. Like you yeah. have to let them go through it. I think you just yeah. you just have to go through it. But it was like it was weird because the way that I can describe it to you guys, like the whole like feeling of not getting up, and even from what I remember of me standing and trying to open the door, like it was very I was very heavy feeling. Yeah, like it felt like Did I was you, just being dragged towards the floor. Did you have any like ringing in the ears or anything like that? Do you remember that? No, I didn't hear anything. Damn. I've, I used to have it a little bit when I was at my mom's house and yeah. I always equated it to fucking aliens trying to take me because I, I swear there was like almost like a vibrato sound in my ears. Like it was getting stronger and heavier. And yeah. I was like, dude, this sounds exactly like a fucking alien spaceship trying to use their like fucking forces to drag me up. And I'm like, bro, like I'm right heavy. You're going watch- <laughs> to need a lot. This is like right after we watched the fourth kind, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah yeah stuff yeah. like that anyway uh, anyone that knows me can attest i think aliens are coming to get me all the time all right <laughs> so we have an interview lined up we're bringing we on sully and force the green men we got the yeah. green men and there's we got a few we got a couple non-hockey listeners out there and maybe some non-sports fans if you ever watched a casual canucks game and you saw the two goons dressed up in in green spandex suits these are the legends right there. And we've got them in the flesh. It was Josh. I think it was probably my favorite interview we've ever done. Wild. It was, it was so good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were really funny. Um, were they what I was expecting? Like I, I would say so. Like they seemed yeah. like just like regular people, um, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it was always interesting. It, it, I found it so weird that like, dude, I'm like, I've watched these guys on TV, like be idiots. And I'm like, these guys are probably just a bunch of college frat boys that go to UBC that are yeah. just like, you know, just total douchebags. And they're just like regular people. And they're yeah. like, I like fucking around and wearing spandex. I can respect that. Yeah. One of my most relatable moments during the interview was when they said like, yeah, you know, we're just in our thirties now. We were, we were young twenties when we did this. And I'm like, holy fuck like that's hilarious dude like that's the stage of life that we're at now we're a little bit older than that but it just it puts you right into the mind that they had before where they're like this is a genius idea yeah Yeah. 100% that was really good but before we jump in do we have any hockey talk at all like updated hockey talk we didn't really jump into it with them at all yeah uh so our last episode aired on Thursday and we recorded it on Tuesday so since then I know we've played probably at least two games this the third one's on right now on sunday so we've yeah. currently got one nothing vancouver up right now brandon sutter goal yeah hello how are you that's paying for the contract right there yeah. um but other than that we're pretty much in must win territory a lot of times for the canucks right now i mean they did a good job in the end of that calgary series getting points where they needed to yeah um and now we're, we're kind of just at the point where they need to play about 60 percent winning their season and, and that yeah. that amount of games so it, it's not necessarily a must win but it, it's right around that yeah and and i think it again goes back to what we said all year or at least in the last few episodes where when you're kind of in the i guess we're kind of in the middle of the season um you know when we're playing calgary winnipeg and edmonton those are the must win games you know if i'm if we're going to be comfortable and 
say fine like if you can take one and two against toronto that's great Mm -hmm. if you go oh and three it's not the end of the world but when you're playing a team like this like it i think it's going to come down to winnipeg and vancouver to be honest with you i think um how many teams can make the playoffs uh four in our division and there's only seven teams so So ottawa's gonna miss for sure yeah and and then there's two (laughs) there's two other teams and then there's still two others so I think Edmonton is going to miss. Um, I just have a feeling, even though they just took a dump on fucking Calgary last night, like Connor McDavid, <laughs> how are you? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just, it's must win hockey when you play these middle of the pack teams. That's all it is. You know, <clears throat> it, it, it definitely feels like we're living in a big alternate universe kind of season right now because everything's equaling out like i don't want i just want to say this to all the the haters out there of the canucks who were like literally on their hands and knees just sucking off the montreal canadians the canadians have lost like i want to say about five of their last seven games and they only have right now they have what is it they have three more points than us and only two games in hand oh shit no i fucked that up they have five games in hand that makes a little more sense but even still like they're they're in fourth place in this division right now. They're not some sort of godsend team. They just lost. I think they've lost three games to the Ottawa Senators this year. So this yeah. division is there's there is way more of this story to play out than has happened already. Totally. Um, Josh, did you happen to catch the the battle? They're actually showing the quote on the TV on mine right now about Derek I, Forbert coming I, after Nils. I did. I did see it. You know what? It was so funny. I was walking around at work, and and like to me. What was the score in the Winnipeg game? It was two nothing at that two, point. Yeah, 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 because yeah, they just added the empty netter. Yeah. Um, so I had stopped watching at that point, but I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'll just watch like the last minute. Got nothing going on, and like I just see like Hoglander kind of go at uh, Forbert, and then he just like it almost looked like a fucking Todd Bertuzzi moment almost for a second. Like, is he gonna like jump on the sky? Like, like yeah. Forbert six three like during the fight that they just had in this game that's playing right now, they're saying he's 6'3", 250, and Hoglander's, what, 5'7"? Like, yeah, he's just, just barely 5'8". Yeah. Crazy like, shit. Like, holy shit. Like, this kid's tiny. Um, yeah. And to he, have, like, a... Like, that's, like, Elijah just fucking horse-collaring Raph and just fucking that's feeding them. worse, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was... Uh, I didn't really like it. I didn't... I forward, like who the fuck are you? Like, I don't know. I hate when guys go after the rookies like that. Like, what are you doing? Like, they're not gonna fight you at all. You yeah. Know? Oh. What does that do to your ego as well? It's just kind of like, come on, man. Yeah, it's like pick on someone your own size. Legitimately, yeah. yeah. It's 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 very interesting. So it all stemmed from a hit earlier in the game. You saw the hit, right? That no, I, no I, I didn't see that I didn't see. Okay. Well, just give me one second. I'm gonna talk while I find it for you. And was it, so was it, it a also, hit? Sorry? Was it a clean hit? Uh, it, it, there's a debate up for it right now. I mean, it, you can go it, – it wasn't dirt, It wasn't like clean cut dirty for sure, but right. it, it wasn't – there definitely was a little bit of head contact, but it, it was all just a, re, a result of of the way that Forbert kind of leaned down and, and went that way with it, right? So was it a Hoglander that hit him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was Hoglander that hit him earlier in the game, so he had a bit of a – I'm really well, trying to find this. Well – Holy shit, though. Like, right of course, for I don't need to see it to know that Forbert's low. Like, if mm-hmm. yeah. Forbert's 6'3 and Hoglander's hitting him, and this kid's 5'7, like, how low are you? Like, this guy's probably on his fucking knees. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting to me. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what did the league say anything about it? Like, was there any comment after? No, they haven't done anything like that. And it's so funny how easy it is to find this video normally. But either way, yeah, it's I, I don't think the league commented on it. I think for Forbert got he got his payback literally in that moment. He got up from the hit and he gave Nils probably a good like three cross checks, real heavy ones in the back. Mm. And you think at that and he didn't get a penalty for it. So you think at that point, like, okay, you've you've kind of got yours, but he yeah. was still pretty bitter about it come later in that game. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's interesting because we'll touch on it in their interview. Sully brings it up near the end. And I, I didn't get a chance to kind of reply to him on my thoughts, but I, I actually liked the reply by the Canucks. I thought there there was no hesitation once he started going after him. Mm-hmm. Sure, there there wasn't really as much, you know, Ty Domi throwing fucking haymakers at a guy. Like there wasn't yeah. a ton of that. But, but there also is a ton of that in the NHL nowadays anyway. But it was, but at that point though, like when I was watching it, because I saw the end of the game, um, like that was a that was a Donnie Brook. Like that was a nice little like like yeah. everyone was involved. Like I, I like that. And yeah. the, the one thing that did kind of scare me though, and this would go for either team, is just the dog pile. Like when yeah, you got players fucking skates and everyone's jumping on one another, like what the fuck are we doing here? We're not in the NFL. Like yeah. like that that kind of that kind of scared me. So I agree with uh Sully, like grab a dance partner, sure. But dude, like Hoglander is at the bottom of that pile. Pile like that's a whole lot of man meat on top of you. Yeah, um, dude, that's insane. For, I don't for little nils. Yeah. So you guys, you guys want to touch on McEwen going after Forbert today? I love it. I yeah. love it. Good response. I, I mean, yeah. expected. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Not, Pretty quick though. A couple minutes yeah. into the game. Yeah. It's this is yeah this is interesting too because Raph, I know you probably you didn't grow up around like being told this culture about it, but that's often what it's like in these locker rooms where, okay, it all happens in the game and people reply the way they reply. But once the game's over and, and teams have some time to talk about it, there's, there's probably is a conversation in the Canucks locker room where they say like, Hey, are we, are we going to get this guy today? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree entirely. I also find it really funny how you talk to me. Like I grew up overseas in a foreign country. Yeah, I never know how to phrase <laughs> okay, it. Rob, I know, like, I know you, you didn't. <laughs> I know you didn't grow up watching hockey. Like, it, it, you probably no, did. but it's like any but, sport. It's like I understand exactly what their move is. Yeah, you know? well, but in like in basketball, if there's a hard foul, it's not as if like it's they're going like to say, okay, like, hey, LeBron, you're going to fight him today. It's not like absolutely. That. But that's also different. comparing apples and oranges. Like, you just got to get into the mind of a person. Like, it's a physical sport. Yeah, you know what totally. I mean. And it, it's just it's funny in hockey how there's like there probably is a designated you're gonna fight this guy or like I want this guy. That's yeah. probably the that's probably the only sport in the world where that conversation happens. Yeah, okay. and and I think the one thing that I like about it is just like there's kind of an unwritten code that like people always say like fighting is making its way out of the game. And yeah, sure, I would say that. Like I mean it's still there and I think it's still needed. Um but the thought of you know like fighting and like answering the bell like that still exists yeah which which i think is important like and and i think the biggest thing with that is just the accountability piece of playing a sport like it's you know sticking up for your team but you know also like being held accountable for your actions like if you're gonna if you're gonna lay a dirty hit like what planet are you on where you think that you're not gonna get something like the perfect example that I will use is um, is Matthew Kachuk and Zach Kaskin last season. Like that rivalry mm. was fucking brutal, and and Kachuk was dirty, but yeah. 
also at the same time, he fought Cass. He got his ass kicked. And then that was the end of it. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, in and- terms of, like, in terms of hockey and everything in this game, like, it's – I'm kind of glad that I'm starting to see a rivalry with Vancouver because I haven't seen that with Calgary and Edmonton. And I feel like Winnipeg is – they're kind of that like that – bubble team it's like who is their rivalry like that's where i think vancouver that should be their rival that's what i think yeah it's like you have the battle of alberta so why not fucking winnipeg and bc baby Two yeah throw the throw the cities. throw the fucking city slickers against like the manitoba farm boys that's a great idea yeah there you we'll go. get our fucking lunch fed to us man yeah um <laughs> Okay, so that's a good. This is a good time for us to send it over to our interview. Once again, thank you so much to the Green Men for coming on, uh, Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan. Uh, before we jump into it, obviously brought to you by DraftKings, our friends at DraftKings. Use the promo code THPN at sign up to get extra bonuses. Um, you can also find these guys. I know Adam Forsyth does some work for Six Fifty. I believe he's on Green Men Radio at seven PM on Wednesdays. So I forgot to mention that in the interview, and I believe uh, Ryan Sullivan does some work at Jack FM. So you might catch them on there. If you ever are on that radio station, just yeah, pay attention to that too. There you go. And we'll throw it over there now. All right, everyone. We're here. It's the moment. I really didn't think we'd get to this moment this quick where we're bringing on A-list celebrities in this area and kind of Hall of Fame in the rafter personalities. But, you know, time flies. And before you know it, you're just sitting there in the presence of greatness. And so we're here with two of Vancouver's greatest ever do it. Force and Sully, otherwise known as the Green Men. Fellas, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us, man. What's up, gentlemen? I'm pumped. This has been a long yeah. time coming, and uh, finally, yeah. I'm happy we're getting it done. Yeah. yeah thanks thanks for having us, guys. Excited to see no these worries. A-list celebrities we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's always hard to look at yourself, right, Sully, and think, man, that's me. Shit. But, um, okay, we're, well, we're really going to kick this off. So, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I noticed that I used my alias here and Adam didn't. So now I look like just a giant jackass right off the start. Yeah. So. <laughs> you look like the hardo that just can't let go of the life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a character actor. I'm a Daniel Day Lewis over here. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is really the question that everyone's been wanting us to ask. And we went back and forth on which one to start over or start with. And we kind of just decided we got it. We really got to dig deep and, and take care of the important stuff first. So we just got to know. A, who was the sweatiest, and B, who's got the stankiest green suit after one of those games? Uh, I think I'll jump in and say I definitely was the sweatiest. You get those dance moves, even if it's like it's so cold down by the rink, man, it got bad. Like, But <laughs> Sully would always be the one more concerned. After like every dance move, he'd be like, force house the pits, force house the pits. And kind of like, You're good, even if it was not the case. Oh, um, And then I feel like I definitely kept better care of my suit. It was definitely cleaner because Sully's was bad there were some there were some stains oh man <laughs> would you uh do you agree you yeah oh yeah 100 percent um forest uh i, I don't want to say maybe he was just a heavy breather or something behind me but i could feel the heat like radiating on my back for most of the game um <laughs> but no I, I mean you know once you get into the dancing and stuff i had the slightly darker green suit uh, a lot of people are like, oh, there's there are different shades of green? Like, yeah, of course. And so the darker green shows the perspiration a lot more. So I was always very concerned with that. More so than who was in the penalty box, I was worried about pit stains on my suit. Yeah. <laughs> Would you guys kind of equate the smell to, like, hockey gear and the treatment of the suit as hockey gear? Like, 
you know, you throw it in there and you notice the smell for quite a few weeks in a row, but you try and hold off on cleaning it. It did have like a really weird, funky smell. And at one point we had a suit sponsor and we were being interviewed, I think by like CBC. So it was going to be like a national broadcast. They said like, yeah, like what's the, the deal with the suits? They smell like, oh yeah, they smell like Chinese lead. And then like <laughs> two days later, we get a note from our sponsor like, hey, you guys cannot say our suits smell like Chinese lead. But <laughs> like Chinese lead. Dude, I watched the E60 before this and I saw, I like, I actually laughed out loud when you guys dropped that line. Like, I was yeah, like, yeah, was. <laughs> Uh, so they were happy about that, and then the other one that was like I think Sully ended up throwing a suit away was we did uh, like volu- a lot of volunteer work. We did the McCappy Day, the Ron McDonald House, and uh, we were making fish fillets in the back in the green suit. Which I don't know how McDonald's let that happen, like so unsanitary, and it just <laughs> the food stink. They were so bad, no amount of washing. It was great. Dude, was there was gross. there was that that was awful because yeah, it reeked of fish fillet. But uh, the other the other awful one was in 2011. Uh, the Canucks were playing the Sharks in the conference final. And I don't know why I thought it would be humorous or it wasn't even timely or anything, but I'm like, Kentucky Fried Shark, that's funny. So I went and I picked up two giant buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken and I left them in my car, windows up, uh, with the suit for hours. And then I hopped in and went to the game and the suit just stank of KFC the whole night. So, uh, yeah, so it was a little rough. I can't believe this, the, Regis, the, the arena staff, too, even let us in with buckets of yeah, chicken. Looking back at that, yeah. it made no sense. Well, like you guys was, got away with so much. I was right about to say, like, what was, like, the security protocol with you guys? Like, I mean, what did you guys, like, bring in with you? Like, where'd you guys put your tickets? Where'd you guys, like, put anything? Like, what happened with that? Yeah, take us through a day in the life. Yeah, so, like, take us through the it, pregame ritual and going to the rink. <laughs> well, 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 to put it into uh, perspective, like the year that we left is when they installed metal detectors at Rogers Arena. Um, oh, so man. I don't know if we had anything to do with that, but like we would we would bring in so much like luggage into the arena. Um, and, you know, why couldn't you trust two guys who you can't see their face coming into your arena? So, yeah, <laughs> uh, but every time we, we would show up, whether it be like a giant box of Eggo waffles or. Uh, the one thing that got confiscated, actually, we had this gigantic, it was probably like this, like my height, uh, this wooden, um, the wooden nutcracker that we were, then it had like a little crown. It was at oh. a Kings game. And all we were going to do the whole game is just like shove walnuts into this thing's mouth and just crunch the walnuts. Um, and, uh, and that's the one thing that got confiscated, but it made it up the first flight of stairs and then a security guard out of nowhere grabbed it. Um, but for the most part, we could we could bring in anything. And after like the first or second time, we really started to question um, the security levels. But but then they yeah. started to crack down and took away our nutcrackers. So um, it all came full circle, I suppose. That's hilarious. So what was like? What did you guys wear underneath the suits? Like, are we going like body armor or like you guys had to like you guys were moving around a lot? And, like you guys are talking about pit stains. I know that. So, like, what was it? Like, what what did you guys wear under? Did you guys just rock commando the entire time? It was pretty bare bones. Like, I, I, we had it down. I would wear, like, compression boxer shorts and a jock, and that was it. And it's just, like, you know, it's it's cold down by the ice, and, yeah. you know, you got, like, we're at the time, we were, like, in our early 20s, you got all these, like, gorgeous girls coming over taking photos. It's like this, it can go one of two ways. Either you're not living up to expectations or you're, you're popping off some random things you're not supposed to be popping off at a hockey game. And uh, so, yeah, it was, I just wore the boxers and the and a jock, and it's, oh, man, it was cold. We didn't, like, we didn't change in the arena. We changed at a Costco across the street and then ran across. Yeah. So, like, those winter games, it was, like, snowing or rain or minus whatever, and 
it was freezing. Oh yeah. And then oh, yeah, the snow we were, we were rocking. Damn. Yeah, I, I need I need to give Forrest a ton of credit actually because I was always like every now and then I would forget to wear like a compression shirt and that's when the sweat would really kick in. Um, but uh, Forrest, I want to say more often than not, mo- he would he would not he would freak out because he wouldn't bring like the strap to the jock. He would just have a cup, and somehow <laughs> somehow he kept it in place. I got to give the man all the credit in the world. Yeah, that's that's um, the yeah, kind of. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's the impressiveness that he's. I think he's referring to right there. Yeah, there was one photo that Sully took with uh, Denny Morrison, the Olympic uh, yeah. skater, and for whatever reason, it just it's the jock, and it looks like he's just popping a boner. And a <laughs> hundred comments on our Twitter, like Sully's really yeah. excited for to see an Olympian, like oh, he wants to hold the gold medal. Yeah, <laughs> he let me wear his gold medal, so that's that's what it takes. Dude. That's the bar. I feel like you guys did this in such a prime time for like everything, social media and just this kind of humor and this kind of activity at, at a sports game. Like I can't imagine doing it nowadays where if, if something like that happened, like that would be over every sports market in every community. And you'd guys be getting like, you'd be getting roasted. It'd be so funny though. It's a t- it was It was like the kind of the sweet spot where Twitter was just getting big, but not quite yeah. big enough. Instagram didn't even like exist. So yeah all these like meme accounts that were out there like everyone it's funny now they they repost our stuff now as like a throwback thursday kind of thing and it it's kind of cool to see you get tens of thousands of comments but it's like i wonder what that would have been like if you know 2011 there was an instagram account for us yeah uh, but also at the same time yeah like so i mentioned there was a lot of stuff that we did that we would have been canceled for sure and never invited back yeah that's I was, what i, I mean like say, i was watching i was watching your highlights and then uh it was a game against the sharks and someone's like the san jose shark fin soup i'm like oh god i'm like here we go that's a that's a yeah. tough look <laughs> I was like for this would have sucked for you guys but for me it would have been it would actually be like been drop dead funny just to see the different ways that people would try and cancel you be like the offensive tone of the green suit or like the fact that one of them, they're not the same height, like that just offends me way too much, you know? <laughs> well, I'm sure. So, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I was say, like, what, what was great was like right when it first started, nobody knew exactly what it was. And of course, like Canuck fans being extremely paranoid about everything, uh, everybody immediately jumped onto, oh, the Aquilinis must have done this. And like people started saying like, you know what? They're just green screens for more ads behind the penalty box. That's what's going oh on. They're just God. testing it. And uh, so to see the reaction on like social media and stuff was was incredible right from the get-go. There was a – I believe it was the Toronto Sun. They did an article early on too and accused us of uh, – they said it was a fetish thing. And then they oh did like, like <laughs> these green screens and fetish videos. Probably yes. after, probably after Vancouver just worked Toronto in the game or something. Oh, kind of like have some credibility for the Leafs. Yeah, yeah. you got to um, save face where you can. My my one question as well, because uh, obviously, like in these videos that we see, like it's all fun. Like we're watching you guys, and like players like don't even acknowledge you. But were there some that did that? Like just laughed at you or like swore at you like what was that like like just being next to these guys sully was kind of the talker i think okay yeah yeah i i i like like to chirp um quite a bit and and you know the thing is like i like to chirp when there's like a giant pane of glass between me and the other guy i don't know if i would if there wasn't but um but yeah i mean you know we we had a, a number of awesome reactions i mean milan lucic was was awesome in the final 
Um, Mike Camilleri, I remember, was an absolute gem. Even like Commissaric um, was, was a great one. There were a few, though, where like as soon as like I would lean in or even if Forrest would lean in because they couldn't tell you're about to start chirping. You can't see your mouth. Um, they would just assume and the guy would turn to us and just like light us up like, you know, and, and, he, and he'd be going off like, you yeah. know, and, and and then like you stop and you look around and you're like, dude, there's there's no kids in this section. Like they can hear you. What's going on here? Just calm yeah. down. We're two guys yeah. in green suits. Well, um, so yeah, so there, there was a few, I mean, uh, um, Duncan Keith liked to, like to rip us quite a bit. Um, really? Drew Doughty, yeah. Drew Doughty oh, was, God. um, he, he, Drew he came Doughty, back the man. first few times. Yeah. He came back the first few times at us and then finally we broke him. Um, I did like, I just wrapped myself in this like happy birthday ribbon. I don't know where I found it. It was a dollar store purchase. And then we like, you know, Forrest and I were just like lying against the glass in this ribbon and, um, and he just couldn't contain himself anymore. So we finally broke him. Um, but yeah, more, more often than not, surprisingly, the players were actually decent, but there was no, there was no middle ground. It was either like they liked it or they just despised us completely and just broke into four little words all over the place. So it was, yeah, you uh, to, you pick a time, like if the guys were, you know, if it was a team that was out of the playoffs, the guys didn't really care. If it was like a big moment of the playoffs, they were furious. So like, so I mentioned the Mike Camel area. I remember that one was like Calgary flames. They're not going to make the playoffs. And we brought like mini golf, like Fisher price golf gear. We're like, yeah. Oh, you're going to be golfing in two weeks. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be golfing in two weeks. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, Oh, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the classic strategy. You just lean into it a bit. That's it. And the guys who did that were the best. We were like ripping on Paul Stastny, uh, saying like, hi, um, you know, the U.S. lost to Canada at 2010 Olympics. And he just turned to us and said, guys, I watch all your YouTube videos. I think you're hilarious. I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> we didn't know what to do. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about the angry guys, like, that's just so hockey player to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. You froze nope, up Elijah froze. Do <laughs> where yeah. you probably are going to get on the hour. Dude, I went w one bar. What the fuck? What am I paying for? Are we good? Yeah. <laughs> we're, ba we're back. Elijah, okay. Elijah, just repeat your question. You know what? It, this is, this is, wait, give me one second. This is my fucking karma for being a cable cutter and trying to stream games illegally. I'm getting dummied right now. I'm going to turn it off. Give me one second. Probably. This is what it's like podcasting with this guy. Nothing can ever just go right, but holy. It's so what, did, what did Duncan Keith say to you guys? Like, what did he say? Like, what was one thing that he said? I, you know, it's hard to remember exactly. I don't know word for word, so I don't want to like put it out there because I'm not. I can't like say verbatim. But yeah. I do yeah. know the context of which the one he flipped out at us was Game Seven in 2011. Because he yeah. took he was in the penalty box. And then Cave scored the shorthanded goal to send it to overtime. Right. And so when he was in the penalty box, he thought he had cost the series. Like, he thought the season was over. And so we were just like, at that point, we kind of had a rivalry with him all season long. And we were giving it to him. And then Cave scored, and he turned and unleashed on us. Like, he was just oh, unleashed. Really? Uh, yeah. And, I mean, we kind of deserved it. But, like, so yeah. we kept it all kind of PG because it was like, like, we just prod. He went deep. He said a lot of things. We keep canceled. He could be canceled. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. He's he's definitely that kind of guy. Yeah. I want to. 
Sorry. I kind of want to rewind this a little bit. I want to bring it back. And I think some of this information is out there if you dig deep enough. But just for the listeners out there, why don't you can you guys take me back to like how you conceived this idea and just like how many different cases of Pabst Blue Ribbon there were during it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sully and I met at BCIT and then we went to broadcasting school together. And uh, every year they take two people from the program and they give them a six week internship at TSN in Toronto. So we were the two people that applied, got it. So we both went to Toronto, not knowing anyone out there. So the solution was just, we were living separately, but meet up for drinks because there's nothing else to do. And while we were there, we were addicted to the show, always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, one of the episodes, a guy who gets green suit, goes to a Philadelphia Eagles practice, um, does a bunch of acid. And we left that part out of it. And we're like, well, when we get back to town, why don't we do that? So that, that's the <laughs> genesis of it was just drinking in Toronto, bored out of our minds and thought, why don't we do this when we get home? And then it just, uh, you know, took off once we got back. That's hilarious. Nice. So Sully, maybe you can take this part too. So December 23rd, I did my research on this part. December 23rd comes around nice. 2009. You guys are like, you finally decide to do it. I don't know if it takes a long time to do it or like convince yourselves to do it, but Take me through that that moment where you say, okay, fuck it, we're doing it. And then that old night where you're like, you're probably just kind of winging it. Just take me through this a bit. Yeah, so nothing, absolutely nothing was planned. Like we, so um, just to continue uh, uh, what Adam was saying too, like when we, um, when we both got back to Vancouver, because they were two like offsetting internships, but we kind of overlapped for a while. Um, and so yeah. when we both got back to Vancouver, um, we said, yeah, let's do these green suit things. We've got tickets to a Seahawks game. Let's go sit way up top. We were like second row from the top of the building uh, with some buddies. Let's put on these green suits. Let's throw back a few pops and just embarrass our friends. And um, my suit came in the mail. I got it off eBay from some place on the other side of the world. And uh, it came in the mail a day after the Seahawks game. But I had Canuck tickets that night. So I was like, you know what? Let's, let's put these suits to use. We got them. We might as well do it. Um, and so we went in these green suits and n absolutely not a chance in hell did we think that like, you know, we'd even get on the Jumbotron once, but uh, it just kind of worked out because we were by the box. So, um, you know, we were just, we were in the shot. They, they couldn't help but put us on the shot pretty much. So, um, yeah. you know, so at, at, like we looked over and we saw ourselves like in the camera and up on the big screen and we're like, you know, we look pretty ridiculous. Why don't we try and get weird with this? Um, so we just started doing like some weird movements and stuff and you could just kind of, you could just hear like the audience, like building, like the crowd was just loving it. And then another penalty would come and they wanted it and they expected it. And you could just hear this like rush of the crowd, um, before the guy even stepped in the box. And so we just kept trying to amp up the crowd more and more. And all the while, the, the beauty of it was the game was actually Dave Scatcherd's worst night. Like he took, <laughs> he took three penalties in the game. And then yeah. he got sent down the very next day. We take full credit for that, by the way. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So took so this guy's career off the rails. Shoddy that one. <laughs> Torched it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like he, he takes a, a couple penalties and, um, you know, and, and like, you know, we're, we're just doing our movement and, and he's like getting really upset, takes that third penalty. And um, as soon as he sits down, he takes a towel and throws it over top of the camera. And the crowd yeah. just loses it. I've never heard that many boos in Rogers Arena before. Holy shit. Um, and, yeah. like, from from right then and there, like, something was born. And then all of a sudden there was this demand for two guys in spandex. Like, who the hell ever thought that, that night, happen, so, Like, yeah, in the third cool. period that night, we found people were coming up to us like, hey, just let you guys know, like, you've been on Sportsnet all night. You've been on PSN. Like, you're on all the highlights already. So yeah. we left the arena that night. 
and we're like, let's just wander around downtown in these green suits. <laughs> and we stumbled our way over to the Roxy and oh again in the green suits and they, uh, just, they let us right in. So we ended up posting up at the pool table they used to have there. And we just played pool with our hoods off as people were like bringing us drinks the entire night. And everyone kept coming up and like pointing like, oh, you're on the TV again. You're on the TV. And then we're like, all right, this is insanity. And then we knew from that moment, obviously, that it was like, yeah. this, there's something here. This is the thing. It was, it was like coming back from war with a purple heart. Like everyone was just buying the drink the whole night. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. And plus, I feel like the Roxy is a really good place to go. Like if you're even slightly famous in Vancouver, because you'll just get recognized. Yeah. But you want you want to talk about a smelly suit? Go into the Roxy. Yeah. Smell that the morning after. <laughs> that would have been that. That that would have been a gnarly smell. <laughs> it was. It was so, um, it probably smelled the same as the carpet in the back room. So yeah. yeah. Oh, God. So so now you have so you've you've done this one game, and do you do you guys go back? to your houses and, and you talk to each other like, like what do we do now like what happens from there yeah yeah uh let's see if i can like kind of remember it but the i believe our next game was the boxing day game because they played edmonton so we did, had no intentions of ever returning and then we were on all the highlight shows and people were trying to figure out how to get a hold of us and they knew that we were bcit students we even told a lot of people i didn't even tell like my parents like, yeah. until a day or two after the game like they didn't know it was me uh and then like literally that's like spider-man vibes right it was there. awesome that was the best part you saw like a lot yeah. of people on like facebook pulling like oh who are those because it was cool to you know be the anti whatever so everyone's like, oh, these yeah. men, they're idiots then you come in oh actually that's me oh i love it i'm just kidding man it's so cool <laughs> uh but i yeah i do remember that we went to the boxing day game on the 26th and then the following week was kind of like a media blitz we did like the weather on global tv with the green screen and annoyed mark madriga um espn reached out to us and then we took like two or three weeks off and we didn't come back back until like late january it was a game against the lightning and in that time we kind of just were trying to figure out like are we just gonna do this for fun are we gonna make something of it and then yeah we created the facebook account the twitter account and then just kind of went from there and started like crowdsourcing ideas on how we can annoy the opponents there you go. It was oh. it was the um, so right after we went, it was the very next day. Um, so uh, Shane Foxman, who used to work for CBC, uh, was an old teacher of mine and uh, turned into a buddy mentor kind of thing. And, and so he shot me a text message, uh, kind of out of the blue that next morning, saying like, "Hey, like we want you in studio on CBC." Uh, um, and so we did an interview at CBC, and we didn't even know like they're like, "Okay, so what should we key your name as?" It was like, um, I don't know, green guys. It men in spandex and so they ended up calling us the green machine um and, <laughs> I about that. and like we, we had no idea what the hell we're talking about um it's like so was this was this a, a premeditated plan where did this come from it's like what the hell are you saying um and then uh yeah and then we went to the next game and then like adam says the, re the rest was history like um but that's once we got that cbc thing and once we saw like this was splashing all over social media we kind of realized like hey we we might have something here. This is, this is kind of cool. So um, just yeah. kept dipping our foot in the water and then it turned into something big out of nowhere. Yeah. Total, total amount of games that you guys went to in Vancouver. How many? Oh, I have the exact number. somewhere. Yeah, it is. It's a, about 80, 80 something. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people started to think that we went to like every game, but really yeah. we just spaced it out. We go to one, every like fifth home game and it just, 
Right. You pop in enough that everyone thinks you're there all the time. So that yeah. was like while we were doing it, everyone's like, I went to the game with my son because we wanted to see the green man. And you weren't there. Like, how dare you? <laughs> what? Yeah. You are actually people. Like, we do have separate lives and everything. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're time, college kids. Yeah. And we don't have money for these seats. Like, front row at a Canucks game when they were good, like, it, those were expensive seats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Luckily, like, Sully's dad, it was his company seats and he always took care of us. Uh, but, Man, like it, it was pricey. So, yeah. How much? How much were the seats like on average? Like, did you guys actually have to pay for them every single game? Well, it was uh, so so like we had the seats unless you know he, he dished them out to clients and stuff like that. But right. uh, we just went to one game. Like I, he was out of town. He's like, take the tickets. It's like, oh sweet, done deal. Um, but after we went to a few, it was like, damn, these are like pricey tickets. And so yeah. after um, the first year we we like we we were in that after the first season ended like we were paying back as best we could and i think we cut a check for like four or five grand um holy shit we felt awful we were like you know taking all this money away because he could he could have sold them he could have given the clients he could have got jobs out of it but instead like two right. idiots in spandex were going and probably defacing his company in the process <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think they, they season games, it would have been what like yeah maybe I think I remember like one eight hundred eighty five, like two hundred bucks, like yeah, two fifty for the, the prime time, and then oh, obviously the playoffs yeah. gave went through the roof. Yeah, oh I, I think I remember during the the finals run. I think there was it came out that s- similar seats to that, like front row, middle of the ice kind of thing. Those were going for like I don't I don't want to get the number wrong. For some reason in my head, I'm thinking either two or ten grand, and that's a big 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 gap there but it was one of those two i don't remember what it was well, that's why we're like we're yeah. indebted to like Sully's dad because he could have at any point been like yeah i'm selling these tickets and i can make a huge profit right now and he was always yeah. like like a lot of times he didn't go to the game so that we could go which is insane like there's yeah. tickets <laughs> like he, he's the yeah. real g like we need to shout him out he's you need to make like a a kevin durant speech right now like real mvp like <laughs> sully senior that's the that's the kind of vibe we hey, need if you know, the, the rain is coming down out there. If somebody needs to get their roof fixed, they got a leak going on, they need a free estimate, Berard Roofing and Drainage is the way to go, my friend. Free estimate. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, you know what's funny, Sully? My dad, my dad's been my dad's been in the roofing business for like 30 or 35 years. And he he's been a he's been an inspector for the last five years. And I I'm not a construction guy or even a labor guy, but I'm pretty sure inspectors are just like widely hated. So I'm gonna keep his identity just like kind of secret. <laughs> it's it's probably out probably there like your dad myself. hates my dad. My dad's an asshole. That kind of thing. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sure he's one of the good ones. I'm sure he is. Yeah, hopefully. Who knows, right? <laughs> I did have a question. So amongst these eighty some games you guys are doing, like th- there's some things that, like you said, you get some fan input on some different ways to get to the opponents and things like that. Was there ever any ideas that you guys were like really close to doing, but you're like, ah, maybe we don't do that one. <laughs> I can, I can share one that I know that we ran by a few people. And anytime you have an idea that you're like, I think we should run this by a few people, you know it's yeah. a bad idea. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was the Canucks Kings playoff series. So the year after the cup run, they got swept. And Anze Kopitar had a broken ankle and he was out. And we wanted to bring one of those like Halloween skeleton plastic dummies that you can get at like any Halloween store and just like yeah. just bring the legs and then just continually snap the ankles on them. <laughs> <laughs> so then we ran it by the Canucks and they're like, do not do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you guys were in communication with them like pretty often about the things you're going to do? 
later on, once we kind of started saying like, you know, these tickets are crazy expensive. We need, and we're like changing it at a Costco underground parking lot across the street. Like, can you guys help us out in some way? And the final year of our, like our five year run, we ended up uh, like meeting them because we wanted to announce our retirement and they want like, they said, well, what the specific games do you guys want to do? So we did. And then those games, they let us change in their offices. And so that was like the most contact we ever had was the Canucks was like that final year. Right. Holy shit. That's so funny. The Kopitar ankle. That's awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine now he did that? Holy shit. The fun, like I honestly, this is, this is kind of similar to what I, I just want, like a uncut version of sports. I, I guarantee you there's conversations that you guys used to have back in the day where like there was some way offside ideas that can't be repeated anywhere. But I could just imagine being a fly on the wall for those kind of conversations you guys went through. Oh, I and mean. you're like, how did we even think that was close to being a good idea? <laughs> Who was uh, it was oh Patrick Kane. Uh, so Patrick Kane never took a penalty when we were there, even though we, we went to like at least five, six, seven Chicago games. But he yeah. had that arrest because he got shorted ten cents by the cab driver. Yeah. So yeah. Like six games in a row. For anytime we put Chicago, one of us would go to the bank and get like rolls of dimes. And we had like ten dollars in loose dimes in a bag ready to go for whatever he took a penalty. We we're just gonna like throw them up in the air like a waterfall. And he never <laughs> took a penalty. So every game there would just be like loose dimes around the bottom of our seats by the end of the game. It was so disappointing. That was like the one yeah. I wish we could have done. Fuck. Holy shit. That would have been so, so damn good. close too. Oh my god. That's awesome. Um I was gonna ask, I guess like were there like a bunch of repeat offenders? So like who is your guys' favorite player to actually like troll or like make fun of? I think Sully mentioned him it drew Doughty because he started off so sour towards us and like he yeah. tried to do the ignore us, then he tried to get angry at us. And then by the end in that like fifth year, uh, he had been I actually went back and looked at who was in the penalty box with us the most. Jared Stoll was the most, and then Drew Doughty was second. Right. And Doughty by the end, yeah, like he said Sully had that stupid birthday, whatever it was, wrapped around him. And we have like a selfie with Doughty, like looking over and smiling at us. One of my favorite Green Man photos. Uh, <laughs> I it's, yeah, I can't remember who was with him so took the photo, but it's me. Sully, and then right in between is Drew Daddy looking over and smiling at us. So oh we, we broke. That's that's the redemption story we got for Drew Daddy. I, I love him after that. There you yeah. go. Awesome. That's good. Um, uh, so um, I'm kind of sorry. Go ahead, Sully. You had something there? Oh no, no, no. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, Daddy. Uh, Daddy was a beauty. Um, I I love the uh, the exchange we had with, with Lucic in the final. Um, yeah. Just because it got it got taken in in kind of another direction when we saw it after the game, like. Uh, I, I bought this like fake witch's nose. I'm trying to see which, which way my hand goes in the camera here. And I had this like giant <laughs> long witch's nose because Lucic has got a pretty good big beak on him. Uh, oh, yeah. And so <laughs> just nodding. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so so Lucic comes in the box. I'm like, oh, beautiful. I can use my, my witch nose. Perfect. So I put on my little nose and and then like he's looking over and, and he's, he's like pointing at me. He's like, your nose is too small. Like it's got to be way bigger. Like mine's so much bigger. But like, and they showed it on TV, and uh, and it's on the Boston feed in the final, and it's him like pointing at me, going like this, like the whole time, um, oh, and also you can't see what anybody's saying, so it just looks like he's getting the better of me. But um, it just everyone's like, oh, you just awesome. making fun of the size of your dicks. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking noses. But, but he, was, he was super. Yeah. Cool. That, like, that's that's that was the one grain of salt for us that like for with Boston winning the stanley cup that was the one single silver lining is that like a vancouver boy did good 
um, and we were stoked for him. But then yeah. um, Michael Ryder's kids came over and pointed and laughed at us at the glass. So that kind of soured everything. But we're happy <laughs> for Milan. It's good for him. Uh, yeah. God, All it took was a city to riot and burn itself down. But man, it's actually it's such a sham the way he gets treated around exactly. here too. Because I know there's been there's been a couple opportunities. I don't want that contract. But there was a couple times where there was some Lucic to Vancouver buzz, and yeah. I don't know, like it was it was just crazy the way like his home. I can't imagine what that feeling is when your hometown is treating you like that. It's such a a weird dynamic. Well, yeah. like with this North Division this year, so I've had a chance to watch a lot of Flames games just because they're always on SportsCenter or whatever. And I mean, obviously he has no skating ability whatsoever, but he is a serviceable player, and he like yeah, totally. makes them better. Like he. His contract for Louis Erickson's, I know Erickson can kind of maybe kill some penalties, but I'm still probably taking Lucic, right? Like, yeah. he stands up for his teammates. He's kind of that grittiness the Canucks definitely do not have. Um, that being said, his skating, he can't skate his way to the phone booth. Like, he's just a mess. Nice. Yeah, it's, I do agree with that. I've, I heard some Flames broadcasters saying, like, he's the Flames' most impactful player, and I was kind of like, shit, that's not a good look, but I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, if, I guess it's good for him. So I do have one last question when it comes to, in regards to the the actual, the, the green men life in that time zone. What's up with two things, staying in the same seats every time, and then Adam, were you ever tempted to try the handstand? Yeah, yeah. well, when you guys, uh, when we started this podcast, you saw that I had my my shoulder in a sling because I'm in my 30s now and I'm broken and falling apart, hurting myself playing tennis and golf. So uh, even 10 years prior doing a handstand, um, I think I'm sure we discussed it, Sully, and I just felt like, you know what, national TV, I just don't trust myself. Like, I'm already in national embarrassment as it is. Now I just, like, I don't want to face plant. And, you know, like, I just imagine falling on my nose and bleeding everywhere in the suit and then having to, like, pull the suit down and everyone sees who I am. Like, I had so many bad nightmare dreams about this kind of stuff. Uh, and then as for the seats, it is going back to uh, Sully's dad, Barad Roofing. He would sit where I sat higher up. And then he had is like it was like an L. So he had he would wine and dine through clients and kind of talk over their shoulder and as they enjoy the game. So that's why I had the same seats every time. And then yeah. because Sully was the one doing the handstands and he was the more acrobatic one, he needed more leg room down there, I think. So yeah, that's the part I was getting to. Front. Yeah, that's that front seat there. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I just kind of sat back and just pointed at him. I'm like, oh yeah, there we go. I'm like, yeah, he's he's hilarious. Just keep watching him. Yeah, I'm just the one who doesn't do tricks. <laughs> Oh my god! Did you get? Was there ever like uh, in in regards to the fans around you? Were there ever people that got like super choked with what you were doing? Not really. Um, so like, like it probably have to happen in the beginning before you really were known. You know, you know. Um, for the most part, everyone was was pretty cool. I I do remember a couple occasions where fans would be like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, sit down!" Like, or I can't see the guy in the box, and then um, you know, and, and they you know they start chirping. And then people be like, "Hey, they're just doing their thing. Like, we're this is expected here." Um, yeah. But like, I do remember there was one game actually, and this this is kind of funny. Um, in that it was against Chicago. Of course, you remember this. And uh, so we find we signed this deal with SuperfanSuits.com, uh, <laughs> which Forrest alluded to earlier. Their suits smell great, um, and uh, I should I shouldn't trip them. They're they're awesome. They're great. Uh, but, yeah. Um, this we went with them over morph suits, uh, who also tried to get us on some deal. And um, so, anyways, so we're sitting there at the at the Blackhawks game. It's a playoff game, and right next to us, like two seats over from us, these two people show up in completely black spandex suits. 
and it says like morph suits across the uh, across the chest. And uh, the first yeah. like penalty comes around, and they start like they go over to us, and they try to like wedge into the shot and like try to get up against the glass. And we're like, what the hell is like what's going on here? And it was like yeah. the guy that that runs the company who was just trying to get revenge on us um, for not signing with them. And then, but the funny part is that like a bunch of people in the section complained, and they actually got kicked out of the game. So this guy <laughs> probably spent hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars on playoff tickets, and they were gone before the end of the first period. So holy um, shit! See ya. For the, for the most part, people people were digging it. They, um, you know, whenever we would show up, uh, people the, you'd hear kind of a rise out of the crowd, and um, and that was the best part. It was like hearing the fan reaction was what kept everything going for so many years. It was so awesome. Totally. Um, my last question, then we can probably move on to something else. Do you guys still have your suits? Yeah, I, I do. Uh- I had the original I had got so worn out that I needed like a kind of a backup. So I, I have a couple, but I've only ever worn the two suits. And I, I have them both. And uh, yeah, they're, they're in the closet. Uh, the last time we donned them would have been last year. Uh, there was those save on foods commercials and that actually was us in the freezer and save on foods <laughs> freezing. It was so cold. We filmed in like the middle of the night and had to be in the freezer and they're like uh they just kept saying on the walkie talkie in the freezer the director's like can you guys look less cold man we're wearing nothing what do you expect us dude like yeah. what do you mean it's freezing um, but yeah for the suits the uh, i still have mine we were one of the best things that could have happened obviously is kind of 20 and 2011 but we had uh not many people know this we had a deal in place with the hockey hall of fame they were going they, they wanted our green suits if the canuck won the cup what they wanted wanted to display them and we had agreed to it and that would have been like the perfect way to kind of retire like we don't have the suits anymore because they're in the hockey hall of fame and then so we had that nike had a float for us in the stanley cup parade and then it all just fell (laughs) oh my god this is reopening new wounds for me right now it would have been real really cool to be part of the hockey hall of fame in the suits but now it it hangs in my my spare closet (laughs) Never <laughs> Sully, Holy where's shit. yours at? Uh, I think mine. I think it's in the closet too. Um, I I originally like as as after the first year, I'm like I need to load up. I need to get some backups. And now I'm back <laughs> down to one. At one point, I had like three or four suits, but uh, we went to a we went to a few concerts, and um, I've had stuff like spilled all over these things. And like obviously, they were I guess like like martinis or fruity drinks because like they stained the suit. And then it's like all right, well on to the oh. next one. Um, we yeah. went to one show in Vancouver. Uh, we were invited to this country concert by uh, Dallas Smith, and so we put the suit on him, and he ripped it. So there goes another one. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> thanks, I, Dallas. I, I close by, just just for a rainy day, you know. The one yeah. thing we talked about for years, and I re- I'm still dedicated to making it happen, is we've had some conversations with Upper Deck about ma- making Green Man hockey cards. But I would love to take like a suit and do like game worn Green Man like inserts into a hockey card. Yeah, we get the player jersey, and they have expressed interest, but it's just like a back and forth casual thing for like five years, and it just hasn't come to fruition. So I'm like, that's why my last one of my last Green Man bucket list items is to have an upper deck yeah. hockey card. Well, the the other part is there's no way you're telling me like if you guys are both sixty and sixty five or something like that, and the Canucks are in, in Game Seven, like you got to bust it out, and we'll get like a supported handstand of Sully going up with like a cane and some arthritis <laughs> kicking in. Well. That was my other question is like, do you, like, hypothetically, if Vancouver makes it 
to the Stanley Cup final. Are you guys coming back? The return. That's what everyone needs. It's it's a little easier said than done because we don't have those seats anymore. My old man sold them back in like 2016 or 2015 or something. Uh, and yeah, I have yeah. no idea who has them now. But um, you know what? If the Canucks go to the cup final and there is like a demand for it and people are down, yeah, I'd give it a shot. The only downside is that if the Canucks lose, then we are forever the curse of the Vancouver Canucks. So, yeah. yeah, that's top. You know, yeah, You're going to be like Steve Bartman tough. around here, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that, totally, would, that would not right? be fun. We had, we had like some drunken conversations about, you know, it'd be fun to maybe come back. Would maybe like just even if it was just like a Thursday game in the middle of the season against Columbus, like just yeah, the chaos that would erupt as a result of that. And um, the Canucks have asked us to come back on a couple of occasions for like they had their fan nights, and uh, we politely declined. And then the uh, this last year with the COVID season getting shortened. The Canucks didn't say anything to us, but apparently they had something planned because they put out a video saying, like, it was Sully and Force night. And then they put out this video, and that was, like, in uh, April. And we didn't know anything about it. They're like, oh, COVID forced us to cancel this. <laughs> they never reached out to us. So I don't know what they were planning. But we, uh, we're good friends with one of the in-game, like, in-arena entertainment guys. And so I know his personality. He probably just – you just force your hand there. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to schedule the night. And then, <laughs> boom, damage their reputation if they don't come. It's all on them. That's smart. I like it. Yeah, good I, move. I was going to say, like, why don't you guys just reach out to the Canucks now and just be the only guys in the arena and just hang out by the box? Just you two guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. We we put out a, a tweet, um, like, I guess, whenever they are in the bubble, like right when they started playing in the bubble uh, last summer. And, um, and we said, like, you know, there's nobody there. You know, you don't have to worry about us wearing masks. We're already doing that. And, uh, you know, we'll quarantine for a couple weeks. And, um, and like, the tweet blew up. And people were retweeting. Everyone was saying, this is a great idea. Let's get behind it. Um, even, like, like, TSN jumped on it. Sportsnet jumped on it. Um, and then, but we never, unfortunately, heard back. But uh, I think that would have been pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of reasons to want to go to, to Edmonton, but I think that would have been um, pretty prime. Edmonton's beautiful. That, the people there are very I nice, think but that, that would have been pretty awesome. That would have been <laughs> sick, though. Like, even if you guys were sitting there in your green suits with, like, a mask over – oh, my God. I, that would have been so fucking funny. I think that would have been the funniest thing ever. Well, so many sports teams have kind of embraced, like, the, the cardboard cutouts of fans. You can buy your seat or whatever. Uh, they have not done that at all, the Canucks. And uh, we maybe get tweeted like once every two or three games, like why isn't there a green man cut up by the penalty box? And that would be so cool. It, it's such a simple thing to do. And it would yeah. definitely get a lot of play. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got you to have some creativity in days like these. Yes. That's what you need. Hey, so, you, you know, we, we've kind of – we've we've burned the well dry of this, of this green man stuff. Why don't we get – you know, I've heard Sully's still a big hockey guy, so I kind of want to get his opinion on Jake – Jake Vertanen's Corsi percentage and just where you see that going, why you think it's a good thing that he stays in the Canucks. Sully, what do you think? Sorry, Jake Vertanen's which percentage? Uh, the Corsi percentage. It, it shows a lot about his game. and It's kind of, it's analytics. It's like, oh, what, yeah, yeah. Know, like the game's like completely revolved around it now. That's all we talk about. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, Elijah, you, you get on this. Uh, it, it's a good point, man. And, and, and it's a good point. <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate you throwing out that. <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going to. I'm going to answer it in a, in a, in a different way than you may expect. Um, the, okay. the Jake Vertanen thing. What I do love about Jake is that there's, you know, he 
anytime he does anything, there's a reason to shotgun a beer. And I think that's fantastic. But I think it, the well's kind of, to, to quote what you just said, the well's kind of running dry a little. People are getting a little impatient here. But I will say that the other night, and this has absolutely nothing to do with what you just asked, but the other night against Winnipeg with that little uh, melee at the end of the game, I did like how Vertanen was the only Canuck to actually drop his mitts and get some shots in. Sutter dropped him, did absolutely nothing. Myers was rolling around on the ground with his gloves on. So I'll give Jake that. I do appreciate that because if I'm playing on that, if I'm if I'm Hoglander and a guy drops his mitts and starts chucking him after a guy attacks me, I'm going to look across the room and be like, that's my guy. I'm going to stand up for him. And that's how you build chemistry. So Jake is trying to build a little chemistry right now, and I support it. Hell yeah. That's there a beautiful explanation of the Corsi system there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love that. The Shane Corson system. I nailed it. Yeah. That's what you said. That's right? sweet. Adam, yeah. Yeah, totally. Adam, what's what's your yeah. take on the Canucks so far? And any kind of interesting points you got about what's going on? It's it's tough. I mean, I'm kind of it's hard when you're like supposed to be the big super fan and like we were voted the one of the number one fans in the world for sports and it's because we're talking yeah. diehards, but then you just see the current situation like the last couple of years has not given me a lot of faith in the organization, not just like what's on the ice, but overall, like kind of how it is run top to bottom. And I think they backed themselves into a corner. So like, I don't really think they're going to make the playoffs this year. And I don't know how they're going to handle their finances. moving forward. Like, they are so hamstrung trying to get Pedersen and Hughes under a contract for next year with Erickson still on the books. I mean, at least I know they won't do this, but their best move for this season is at least like be somewhat competitive, but move Pearson and Sutter at the deadline. You have to get. Oh. And I, my biggest fear is that they don't do that because time after time they have not, right? They didn't move. Yeah. They, they hold on to assets. They hold on to assets and they're not, understandably the Aquinas are not really wanting to spend money right now after misspending by Benning. But yeah. I don't know. I, I still, I'm, I'm still going to watch every game. They're still super exciting. I will take a 6-5 Canucks loss any day of the week if I'm going to be entertained and see Pedersen score a couple of goals. But like long-term, this team is not built for success. Yeah, that's that's man. This is so funny. Our shows like we we try we try our best. We there's three things about us. We are not stats guys. We don't have a background in any kind of like analytical anything, and we're literally just as armchair as it gets when it comes to being hockey fans. So one of our sticks is we just we preach just outrageous positivity all the time. Yeah. Like if the Canucks win one game, I'm right back on the the Stanley Cup wagon, the probably going to get a home playoff game or home, home advantage in the first series, like stuff like that. So this kind of propaganda that you're preaching right now, it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough, especially like kind of an idol, man. Like you're kind of a I'm looking up to you, dude. Well, that's it's hard, right? I don't want to be the negative guy, and I think maybe it's just because I've decided to just embrace the chaos that is the Canucks this year. So I just bet on them and I <laughs> In the Flames yeah. series, like I'm, I'm, I'm down on them this week because I bet the Flames series all four games, and if I bet for the Flames, the Canucks won, and if I bet the Canucks, the Flames won, and it's just they're like they're agents of chaos. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no consistency. Uh, sometimes I'm like JT Miller is a godsend. What is amazing? And then I see oh. what he does on the Alex Edler goal the other night, and I'm furious we gave up a first round pick for him. So it's like a very ebbs and flows hardcore. I think that's the nature of a Canucks fan is it's it is. there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows and somewhere yeah. I'm trying to ride the middle. Yeah. And both are both are very illogical. Like the very lows much. are just like you don't know what you're thinking, you don't know why you're thinking that way and the highs are you could not be wrong no matter what anyone tells you. 
Absolutely. I think, beautiful I think the one thing as well, like just about summing up the Canucks right now is like, I just find like a lack of identity. Like who are they? Like what, like what type of team are they going for? Are they going for a big mean team? They going for like a fast and skilled team. Like they have skill, not a whole lot of speed, but it's like, who, like, what is this team supposed to be? You know, like, it's just trying to find, like, a really good strength. And I would say, like, their offense is good, but, like, their goaltending isn't good. Their defense isn't that good. And their offense is just kind of there. You know, it's it's kind of – it's an interesting one. So, I feel like it's – that's kind of a conversation for this offseason. Just when you do have to sign Hughes and Pedersen to these long-term deals, like, that's going to dictate your future of this franchise. And like you said, like, long-term, this team is not – set up for success because of all these fucking contracts that just <laughs> yeah. just eat away. Hey, I think we really could. We could just go the Fernando Tatis route and just give out 14-year deals and, and bring down the AAV and just hope for the best. Yeah, let's pull a Rick Pietro and just give Demko yeah. a fucking unreal deal. <laughs> Didn't we do that? Sully, the goalie the captaincy as well? Didn't that happen? Oh, yeah, why don't that's we, right. Yeah, that kind of burned us, didn't it? Let's just sign oh, Demko for 10 years. <laughs> And then let's get Holby the C, and hopefully that uh, we'll just keep both of them at the expansion. <laughs> hey boys, I got, I got a couple questions. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Sully. Oh, sorry, my bad. No, it's no, okay. It's the it's the lag in Streamyard. It's, exactly, it's so funny. <laughs> it's exactly uh, like you were just saying, though. Like the you know they're looking for their identity, and uh, I'll just throw my two cents in. Like like I just mentioned, like the other night was a perfect opportunity for that team to gel. Uh, Hogland you're like you know an awesome prospect gets attacked and all you do is go over there and everyone pairs up and hugs each other when you could actually like throw down a little bit and create mm-hmm. like yeah. a brotherhood create a little bit of a chemistry there yeah. um you know that, nothing really does it like standing up for for your brother standing up for your brother in arms kind of thing like and and the yeah. example i'll give this is going to date me horribly um but years <laughs> and years ago uh trevor linden came back to the vancouver canucks for his second stint and Darian Hatcher, and I, I remember this vividly, um, Darian Hatcher laid out Marcus Nasland, and Trevor Linden dropped the mitts and started scrapping with Darian Hatcher. And, of course, Trevor Linden got his ass handed Tough to motherfucker, him. too. <laughs> yeah, but it just goes to show, like, you stand up for him. And from there on out, like, you know, Linden was right back in the mix. Like, he wasn't this new guy on the team again. He was beloved once again. Everybody fell back in love with him instantly. And I guarantee, yeah. like, Nasland was like, okay, you know what? You got my back. I got yours from here on out. So the Canucks were given a golden opportunity the other night um, to not just be like, okay, it's going to be Besser's night tonight. It's going to be, uh, you know, Pedersen's night tonight. They could have actually got some some gel there. It could have been a unit, but everyone hugged each other. And I sound like an old yeah. curmudgeon now talking about fighting in the game, but it helped. It's, and they it, should have jumped up. It's a, it's a very good point, though. Like, it's obvious the physicality, the fighting, everything is kind of moving away from the game slowly. Not completely, but definitely dumbed down. And that was one of the best ways to feel like a team, like you just said. That was the best way to look around and, like, when you're down by a goal or two, you feel confident in the guys around you because you're going through it together. Whereas now it's like, uh, what am I doing individually? It's a very individualized game nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the Corsi system. <laughs> Defined. <laughs> Easily. There you go. I, boys, I, I said kind of one more avenue I wanted to go down, and it's kind of you guys as athletes yourself. Like, I know you said you're getting a bit older, but – Come on, dude. The 30s. You're in the prime of your life right now. <laughs> Force has a he's got a he's got a complete sling on his on his shoulder right now. But let's go. Are either of you guys skilled yourselves on the ice? Are you guys hockey players? I jumped in late in life. So I 
played roller hockey from like 16 to 24, 25. Uh, found, just played road hockey growing up. It was decent. So I got to the point where I played, like I played in the North American Hockey Championships down in San Jose for roller hockey, which is pretty cool. There's a few I, NHLers in that. Um, T, I was up against like TJ Gillardi, uh, who yeah. is a way better roller hockey player than he is an NHL player. Uh, and then uh, now I'm just a beer league give 27 hero for ice because uh, my game did not translate to the ice. There you go. <laughs> Sully, what about you? I, uh, you know, I gave it one last shot. I, I played hockey since I was like three and then I, I took a few years off and then went back and I was, I could barely remember how to skate, but I, I gave it everything I had when I was like 18 or 19. I went to like uh, twist conditioning, the old Canuck coach guy that runs a conditioning center. And, uh, and I got in total shape and I was ripping it up. I was going to drop in every single day of the week. Um, and then I actually like got to a point where like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start calling some agents up here. Cause I was, I was doing really well leading my, my beer league and whatnot. And, um, and then I, uh, I, so I, I call, I found this like agent database, which I paid for, which is a waste of money. And then I got like a hold of like the third guy or something on the list. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, come this offseason, like, you know, I'm not going to be the first guy that uh, they want to bring in. But, like, I'd love to get a shot in, like, the E or something. And the guy's like, you know what? That sounds great. Call me back in a month. Let's set it up, Ryan. This is perfect. And then I hung up the phone. And I'm like, my life is made. I got it. It's done. <laughs> and then I called him. Yeah. I called him a month later. And it was like, this number is no longer in service. So that was the, uh, that was my shot at the show right there. So now wow. I just play beer league. And that's. Yeah, now I'm just a bum. Where do you where do you play out of right now? Uh, or like, I, about, I guess not right now, now, but yeah, not right now. But I play out of uh, uh, North Vancouver. They got uh, at the Ice Sports there. We're the we're the Maplewood Peckers, and uh, we are we are pretty badass. Let me tell you, we are. Don't don't go unassuming on those Maplewood Peckers. We'll make you pay. You play out there. Do you not, pretty bad. Not good, but other than that, we're. You know, <laughs> <laughs> boys the best part about us is so I, I tell this to almost every guest when we ask this question but josh and i we're part of a group of about i think there's probably eight to ten guys and about 90 percent of them have never skated in their life or never really put the time into doing it so we're about to start a beer league team that has like no like zero experience skating before but it's it's guys like us like the armchair hockey fans like complete there i guarantee i've already told them this before but they're going to be so frustrated when their mind knows what to do with the puck or the feet and their bodies can't do it. And I'm just so here for it. Like, I can't wait to see that happen. Oh, it's the best. It's the best, like, reality check in the world when you, like, feel confident in your ability. Like, you know from watching hockey what you're supposed to do and you can't do it. But where, where are you guys going to play out of? We're still deciding right now. We're kind of, like, putting feelers out there, especially with COVID. We kind of want to jump in, like, right when it's ready. But right. we also just want to, like – it's, it's their first time going through hockey fees too, so we want to find like an affordable thing too. It's the the games are awesome, but honestly, it's like the best part. It's just like locker room beers, exactly. Talking sports, and then just you yeah. get that's all it is is exercise to justify the beer you drink after while talking about the, yeah. in the locker room. Exactly, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, sorry, last question, last, last, last question here was Adam. You're talking golf game here. Me and Josh are getting to be bigger golfers now. So are we thinking 280 with the driver? Are you, are you breaking 300 off the roll? Uh, I can get the 300 going. Uh, I golfed today. That's also why the, uh, the shoulder's out of whack. And <laughs> a few, but it, the weather. Okay. I, I had a nice uh, back wind today getting me over 300. That felt really good. Yeah. What's, uh, uh, what's the average score? 
Uh, right, this is the best golf I've ever played in my life. So right now I'm a five handicap. Holy fuck! <laughs> I'm still getting familiar with that number 95 right now. I'm, I'm trying yeah, yeah. to get trying to get more acquainted with it a bit. I, I cracked 90 for the first time last year. Fuck. Best feeling ever, though, right? Sorry. Yeah. Best feeling ever. Oh, unreal, totally. unreal. I think I shot 80. I think it was like my best round ever is an 88. So I'll take that every day of the week. Yeah. 100%. Sully and I actually are, we used to have this show called Well Over Par where we just, essentially that's what it is, right? Guys who casually golf, but it's more about just the camaraderie and having beer and we travel around and film it. And yeah, it's, I mean, our skill sets were a little bit different and a little bit off, but yeah. it's more about just like, you know, ripping around and having fun. That's uh, the personalities. That's so sweet. Yeah. And just chasing birdies. Like, you know, you said like you shoot at your, your best is an 88, but then that one birdie land is going to keep you coming back for the next month. Totally. Love it. Man, this has been fun, guys. Can't, we yeah. can't say thank you enough, man. It's, it's been such a great time. Um, do you guys want to leave us with kind of a moment where we'll just clip this at the end and you guys could just say like an ominous we'll be back, kind of Terminator style? Yeah, I'm down for that. So I'll go for it. Oh, he just <laughs> throw it out to me. <laughs> he just throws oh. it back. <laughs> As ambiguous uh, as you want to be. What? In oh, the next 50 like a, years. No, no, no. Sorry, this is me yeah. trying to trick you into like promising that you'll be back one day so that we can show it to all the fans. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I I within the next 50 years, next time, you know, the the green men signal is up in the sky. <laughs> I promise. All right. We'll be back. Hell yeah. Thanks again for doing this, guys. It's been awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> the delayed edition of Silence of the Lambs from Raffle. Raffle, why don't you go ahead and take this this movie away real quick? Oh, like a quick explanation of it? Yeah. Cool. Um, so Silence of the Lambs is essentially, I guess at its core, kind of like a murder mystery type movie where uh, there's this murderer going around in, was it Western Virginia, or West Virginia, I want to say? Named Buffalo yeah. Bill, who is basically abducting women and killing them and skinning them alive and then just dumping their bodies after a few weeks. Um, and then there's this giant FBI investigation trying to solve a, solve who he is and ca- obviously capture him, detain him, do whatever. Um, and then the story begins to follow this FBI agent in training name. Was it Clarice Sterling? Yeah. yeah. Clarice Starling. Close. Starling. That's what it was. Yeah. And... Um, and she gets a she gets a special task from uh, I guess one of the agents working at her in her FBI department, basically being like, "Hey, you need to go interview this individual named Hannibal Lecter, uh, Doctor Hannibal Lecter, see if he knows anything about Buffalo Bill." And basically, like Hannibal Lecter has never talked to anybody before and given them any like viable information. So yeah, it was it was a really interesting movie because it's definitely a psychological thriller, and there are some scenes that do get very gruesome, but. It's. I thought personally, it was very fun to watch. So before I get into it, I'll let you guys kind of give me your thoughts, and then I can kind of let you know what I thought. Josh, All right. Go ahead. Okay. So this time, I actually did watch the movie. So just a disclaimer. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, like the first, the the first half, and I watched it in two separate days. Actually, I watched the first half on like a Wednesday day, and then I watched the second half last night at two in the morning. Kind of a bad idea. Um, the, the first half, I don't know. I mean, like, I thought it was pretty, like, uh, interesting just how in, like, the first scene when she meets him, right, she gets, like, the debrief of, like, hey, like, don't tell him anything about, like, who you are or anything like that. And, yeah, and don't then, like, get too the, close to the glass. Yeah. All those like, big rules, yeah. In the, in the first, like, 10 seconds, uh, she's like, yeah, I'm just in training with the FBI. Yeah. I'm, like, okay. I'm like, cool, cool. <laughs> wait, wait, wait to stick to the itinerary there, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and you also know, like, like 30 I, seconds into he's like show me your badge and he she shows hannibal lecter her badge or whatever and he's like come closer closer yeah, like, yeah you're already obeying this guy's com- commands like it was so weird yeah but um, i will say though is the second half of the movie because i paused right at the one hour mark and it's a literally a two hour film yeah and dude the second half was fucking wild like ooh, yeah. it was just dude hannibal yeah. lecter man he he's creepy but buffalo bill when he dresses up as the female yeah and he's like he's like i'd fuck me and i'm like oh god i'm like that it gives you a really good insight into like a crazy person's mind yeah one thing one thing about the the cell scene where uh or i guess all the cell scenes where clarice would go to talk to uh dr hannibal lecter was like there was a lot of very interesting close-up shots where it's like all you would see is like from here on his face yeah. And it's like, it was like he, they did a really good job of making you feel like he was talking d- directly to you. Like you were having a conversation with him. Yeah. I and it was, it like just made it that much more eerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one fun. of the, uh, that's, that's probably my main point that I have written down. I, I talked to a couple of guys before I watched the movie and just like an idea of what I'm getting into. And they said, uh, like you said, nineties psychological thriller. And yeah. so at times it could, it could be very nineties, but yeah. at times it also has a very simple approach that just, fucking shakes you to the core like yeah and i think that's what josh the bad side not the bad side but the 90s side of it was the beginning where it's very drawn out it's very you know just extended extended intro kind of thing um 
but then you get into the eye contact. Like that's my main point is the eye contact and just, it wasn't quite breaking the fourth wall because you weren't talking to the audience, but just there aren't many movies that utilize it that much. Like the only one that I can think of recently was get out the way that the protagonist looked at the, the the camera and it just like anytime Anthony Hopkins was on there, Looking yeah. dead ass, like there was part of me that was like, I don't want, like, I want to distract myself right now. I, I want, want you want to look away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, one thing that one thing that I thought was really interesting was that if you notice his personality and how he would interact with Clarice, like when he found out that she was from West Virginia, like, did you guys notice that his accent started to change a little bit? Like he started to speak that. with like a really really minor twang, like which, very briefly, which, which would make sense because of yeah, a West Virginia would have yeah. Yeah. He's basically like talking about, he's like, he says this one line, I can't remember what it was. He's like, basically like breaking her down and how who she is as a person. And he says something like, he's like, and you still have that old Southern accent that you've tried so hard to lose or something. And yeah. the more he says, like, as he's saying that, his, he starts speaking with a Southern accent. Like it was, it was a really interesting line. Interesting. You know, yeah. I didn't notice that, but that that's yeah. actually kind of cool. It um, was fucking, it was nuts. There were a lot of things in this movie that like, if you paid attention to, you would notice and it would just drive you. Dude, I'm yeah, sorry. Like the most terrifying fucking scene was the ambulance scene, dude. The ambulance oh yeah, fuck, fuck dude. that. And and to kind of tie into um, uh, to tie into your guys's point about like the the camera shot of um of Hannibal yeah. was the um like it was the fact that like you knew like this guy would eat people so like the camera yeah. probably when he looks at you it's like this guy is gonna eat my face and he's like yeah. right he's like right there yeah um but holy fuck when he rips the when he rips the fucking face off and he just i'm like that poor emt man like this guy yeah. is trying to handle a dead cop and then hannibal lecter is wearing a dead guy's face like who the fuck are you but yeah. can you like can you like think about how well he played that though like he made it seem like he killed himself on the elevator yeah he was groaning he, too. yeah he was groaning but he also put like like because he he set up like such a shocking scene in the cell that he was being held in within the it bought uh, hotel it bought him time and it kind of caused like a sense of panic amongst everybody mm-hmm. it's like nobody was really going to look at his face that closely to realize that he's wearing a second face they're just going to look at him as if his face got bashed in you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. it was fucking nuts yeah fuck. yeah it was i so were there any moments throughout this movie i know i have a couple written down that actually kind of made you laugh out loud oh uh yeah give me give me what you have because there were definitely somewhere i was like when i heard it i was like the fuck yeah 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 yeah. oh sorry that was that was in relation to elias Peterson, but you're probably honest uh, okay. here. yeah what was it uh, the, i was gonna say the dancing scene with the guy when he had the wig on and everything like that i was like i don't know oh. what's going on when he's like cross-dressing <laughs> i was yeah, he's in like, front of the camera. Ooh. Yeah, like Josh, you were saying, like the "I would fuck me" scene was kind of uncomfortable for you. I was oh. laughing, and it was just it was the funny. lips, dude. It was just yeah. the lips. He's like putting on the lipstick. Yeah, I, I'm so, sorry, and and this might sound a little bit dark, and might sound kind of serial killer ish, but uh, I really uh, wanted that girl in like the pit to actually like kill that white dog. I actually don't like yappy white dogs. Like yeah. I'm not a fan of them. Like Fair. I actually forgot to put that on the Wotes list for dog breeds. Not a particular breed, just a fluffy small white dog. Yeah. Anything that you can name <laughs> Snowball, done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that dog. And then oh dude, but like even like I just I was terrified in the um in the uh like it was nearing the end when um Buffalo Bill cuts the power. 
And like, oh yeah, fucking reaches out and is like that far from Clarice. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're gonna fucking die. I'm like, you're gonna fucking die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get he did grab her, and then like she spun around and just it's literally like me trying to sneak up oh, on my- Raph, trying to execute him, and he just turns yeah. around and just fucking kills me. Yeah. He knew I was yeah. there for the entire time. <laughs> well, it's like because he what's it called? He pulled the hammer back on his revolver. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't that he grabbed her. Yeah, yeah. But he, so, I know what you mean. He was like so close, like he could touch her if he wanted to, and she had no idea he was there. Yeah. yeah. God, I don't. Um. <laughs> so the moment for me that sticks out, where I like legitimately could, I like I couldn't bite my tongue anymore, was when Meg's fucking threw jizz at Clarice. Oh like, just yeah. Hucked, just hucked jizz, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> like I haven't seen someone throw jizz with that much fucking conviction before, but that was intense. that was. That was also like <laughs> that was fucked up, but can we talk about the scene that followed that where Hannibal Lecter calls over Clarice? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'll never let anybody do that to you ever again. And he's like, Mrs. Muffet or something like that. And he like Ms. subtly drops yeah. Miss Muffet, yeah, subtly drops a name for like a storage facility or something like that. Mm. And then she runs off, goes and finds whatever's at the storage storage facility, and then comes back to find out that Hannibal ended up making Meg swallow made Meg swallow his own tongue. Yeah. Or something like that. Just because he like he talked him into it somehow. Yeah. So like, I guess oh, here's a question. Up. Is the way the plot's drawn up, the way that scene plays out, if Miggs does not fucking Tom Brady jizz throw right into Clarice's face, yeah. they don't become friends, her and Hannibal. No, because I think they was, find other ways to become friends. You think so? Because it was in that moment where like he had just told her off. He basically yeah. told her to go fuck herself. She yeah. was leaving and like she had no information. She had nothing to go off of. She yeah. had no reason to come back. I like I kind of looked at, at as that as the moment where he really turned and not turned, but he really got an affinity for her. Do you think that he can? Oh, because no, he didn't know she was coming. I was going to say, do you think he somehow convinced Migs to do that? Or do you think he just played off of Migs character with that? I think there's a chance he could know that Miggs was going to do something like that. Yeah. I, I don't think he convinced him because Miggs was just so fucking all over the place. Yeah, he was crazy. He was a weird character. Yeah. Um, the one thing, the one thing I will say, and, and this was just like the ultimate hook uh, or like the cliffhanger was uh, just at the end when she graduates uh, the phone call and like, you just see that douchey, like insane asylum. What, what was his name? The guy that, Oh, like, I can't uh, remember. Yeah. Chilton, I think it was. Maybe. I'll look it up. Just like a I think it was Doctor Chilton. Like that guy was that guy alone was actually just like a creep too. Like I didn't like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was a little bit of me when Chilton, yeah. Yeah, when when Lecter calls Clarice and like he's following Chilton like into that whatever country he was in. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you could die. I don't mind that. Like, yeah. <laughs> did like, you see like, how scared Chilton was though? Like you saw he was looking around the entire time. Yeah, like when he was like when he was walking with like the crowd of people around him after he'd already got off the plane, he's like, he's on edge. And yeah, the fucking yeah. line that Hannibal drops on the phone, dude, that's like one of the best lines ever written in film. What what was it? I forget. He, what, he, he was on the phone and he says, I gotta go. I'm having my friend for dinner. Or I'm having an yeah. old friend for dinner. Like phrases it as if a regular person would just think he's having him over, but he's like, I'm literally having an old friend for dinner. Yeah. Oh fuck. fuck. What was the what was the fuck? And that's where the where whatever line came from. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah. 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 Fuck that, dude. That's he's like, he, what do he say? He's like Chianti for two or something, and then he does that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, Fucking weird shit. That was a good Dude, movie, one, though. One plot hole I got to say, though, is so they're looking down at him in the elevator shaft and they go one in the leg. What the fuck? That's not an actual tactic in real life. No, there's no not. way. <laughs> that's like completely yeah. nowadays aim for center mass. Well, and even just yeah. the idea of like, you know what? Hey, maybe we could throw something down there at him. But no, no, no. Shoot him like right in the back of the hamstring. Well, like no, alcohol in his hammy. Well, it's not even that. It's like, what if you shoot this guy in the leg and you legit like fucking like get one of it, like his main artery, like yeah. your dad, like his pulmonary happy. artery, like the second biggest one in your body, maybe. But like, even one. if you're, but like my thing was, or actually, never mind. That was a dumb question. Like, I guess they they needed him to. They needed him alive, right? So they could continue to like to track Buffalo Bill. Yeah, he was like, their biggest lead. Yeah, because yeah. like, like just fucking put a bunch of bullets in his head and like just be done with it. He just killed Fuck two it. cops. But yeah. can we also talk about how he said he only met Buffalo Bill once prior? And how he's like he remembered exactly what he looked like, what his build was, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And That's like he, and like the, he even said like it was years ago, so he's like he's probably in his like I think he said like early forties or something like yeah. that. Yeah, nailed his age. The one, the one thing I will say is like those scenes, like when because it's happened in other like thriller movies at least, like when a police officer, or, like a law enforcement official, comes face to face with the antagonist. Like yeah. I'm, just, I'm just waiting, and like even like when Clarice has him at gunpoint, and like he just like looks at her, like flips flips the business cards, and just like runs off behind the corner. I'm like I would have left. I would have been like, oh my god, I'm like he's in here somewhere. Call in fucking SWAT team. Let's get some grenades down the basement. Let's yeah. just like let's just clear house here. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like the uh, the Mexican standoff scene in Inglorious Bastards. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good old fashioned Mexican standoff. <laughs> I might watch that. Tonight. That's a great uh, movie. That's is. such a fun movie. So, do you guys have anything else on um, on Silence of the Lambs? There's so I. This is just like quick little thing. Um, there's a prequel to it called Red Dragon. Oh, I believe. Yeah. Who does, it uh, does it follow Hannibal Lecter? I I don't know who it follows. I haven't looked into it too much. I just I heard about this today at work. Um, I think it's called Red Dragon. Uh, it came out like 11 years later. Stars Anthony Hopkins. Uh, takes place just before the events of Sounds of the Lambs. Sounds of the Lambs. Yeah. Okay. But um. FBI agent is called at a early retirement to catch a serial killer. He asked for the help of his arch nemesis, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. So it's so this a- might this this may be the story between Crawford and Lecter. Mm. About the time when they met, because they talked about that. Uh-huh. But Netflix also released a series called Clarice, which is about Clarice Starling. Mm, cool. Yeah. There's yeah, tons yeah, of avenues she- to go down with this one. Yeah, it's a really good one. I had a I had a guy at work also recommend Red Dragon. So if we ever want to do that too, I think that'll be a really fun one. Hey, just a little, just a little uh, nugget of information here. Josh was was uh, he was mentioning to me today how he's a little bit tempted by a documentary. No, oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, but but rap, we we've all seen it, but I love it. It's the defiant ones. Um, that, that's I, I didn't even ask you this in the moment. That's about like Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy it's about Doctor Dre. Yeah, and Jimmy. Oh Idea. yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. yeah, we've seen that. That's a long documentary. Yeah. Oh, it's a four-parter, and four-parter. like <laughs> I, I was just kind of saying it just to to humor Elijah a little bit, but also at the yeah. same time, like if you guys are yeah. like, "That's a sick documentary," like let's watch. I'd be like, "Yeah, let's watch it." I don't have four hours in a week. I barely have two. <laughs> I know. I know. 
Um, oh, boys, also, before, Elijah, you give your pick. I don't know if this is going to sway your pick in any way, but Josh fucked up for the last, probably the last, like, eight months, almost a year. Um, so my speaker that I use for music, like, whenever I shower, like, get ready for work, um, I had to make an Amazon account, an Amazon Prime account. Yeah. Did not know, did not know that that was actually for everything Amazon Prime, not just online shopping. So <laughs> I've had Amazon this entire fucking time, and I just nice. started this past week. Um, like Prime Video you're talking about, right? Yep. I've had wow. it the entire wow. time. So uh, Elijah can stick this week, but Raph, you have Amazon Prime, right? Video? Yep. Okay, so we can start doing Amazon films here, boys, plus Netflix yeah. and Disney. Hell films. yes. So there's a lot more, there's a lot more variety going Let's on. go. That, yeah. That's actually part of, do you guys want to rate this movie? Yes. Uh, I have it as a, what do I have? Oh, I have it down. Oh, a 7-2. Yeah. Seven two, nice. Raph? Yeah. I really liked it. I gave it an 8-6. Nice. I gave it a 9 flat, actually. Wow. Because I, I don't really like thrillers very often. Or actually, I, I like thrillers very often. I would, just because I'm a bit of a pussy, I would kind of categorize this more of a horror. Cause it, mm. it hit me that way, yeah. but I actually enjoyed this one quite a bit just because of the simplicity of the eye contact and stuff like that. The yeah. one thing for my rating, you know what? Everyone, I feel like, is obsessed with like serial killer docu, like just series or TV shows and stuff. Yeah. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan. I feel like I gave this movie a decent rating out of respect because it was one of the OGs um, for serial yeah. killer movies. Like everything now, it's like. It's just yeah. so much. I'm like, dude, we get it. Like serial killers, like there's no MO, there's no profile. And I think that's what makes it interesting to people. Yeah. But out of respect, this was like the first one that like my mom still hates this movie. Uh, <laughs> or like she likes it, but it's fucking scary. Yeah. This was yeah. definitely like the gold standard of its time. Totally. Sure. Oh yeah. This is up there with like if we want to do another like psychological horror, psychological psychological thriller, we're watching The Shining. Oh, uh, I knew you were gonna The say Shining that. is so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bro, like I had to build up the courage. I had two weeks to watch this movie, and I like barely did it last night. Dude, we're gonna slowly get you used to watching scary movies. You're gonna love it. Um, okay, I'm ready for my pick. <laughs> so I tend to do this quite often, and like do not research if it's on Netflix or anything after. So it's not on Netflix. But I'll tell you what I'll do. It's Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. Oh, and, great uh, movie! I forget the uh, the what's the oh. actress's name? She starts with the P. Last name with the P. I think I don't know um real quick so gone real girl, quick. Yeah. sorry before we move on uh imdb rating for sounds of the lambs 8.6 nice. wow yeah uh, around the money there. yeah sorry go on with gone girl great movie I, I did spoil it i i was looking up the duration of the movie for sounds of the lambs and i saw the rating before i did it but oh yeah still a great movie yeah so great gone movie. girl with ben affleck um i was actually like reminded of this movie because megan was watching a simple favor with anna kendrick and blake, blake lively yeah, it's it's a relatively newer movie, but it's got kind of a little bit of the same vibes, and it, that's actually a really good movie as well. But so Gone Girl, it's on Prime Video, but it's got a paywall on it. So I'm gonna go ahead and rent it, and then I'll I'll shoot you guys my password. You guys can use it. If anyone out there is looking to watch it, I know it's very easy to find on a stream. I think I've done it before. Have you guys ever seen Gone Girl? No. Yes. Josh, it's a very good movie. It's a thriller mystery. Um. It's, I think, the longest movie we've watched thus far. You think? 
I, I it, it's, it's over. Two, it, it's two and a half. I'm just looking at it, and it came out in 2014. I definitely did not think it came out in 2014. I thought it came out like four years ago. Yeah, not six. Crazy. All right, well, I'm but it's really, really good. And now it's seven years at this point. Seven years, yeah. yeah fuck. Yeah, so good one out there. Uh, let's get to that one. Uh, I know Shane. I'll try and find a, a stream link for Shane. I know he's already going to message me. I'll do my best to send you a link. Right. Uh, anyone else out there? If you're looking for app suggestions, if you got a Fire Stick, come at me. I know how to get you the streaming services. Don't worry. I'm a cable cutter. I'm one of you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it, boys. I think that's it, right? Wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap up. Sweet. So we've got uh, the Canucks up 2-0 right now. Let's hope this pans out. We get another W under the belt. Let's hope Elijah comes back in his DraftKings game, which our presenting sponsors, DraftKings.com. Please go there. That's the best way to support us, really, other than subscribing and reviewing and just sharing our podcast with all your friends. Uh, we do try and put in a bit of work to entertain you guys, so hopefully you guys can help us out there. But other than that, go to DraftKings.com. Use promo code THPN at sign up, and it will hook you up with some extra deals, as Josh mentioned before. And other than that, we will talk to you guys on Thursday. <laughs> Holla at JewelPod Gertzen. Uncle Raph Dad Z. I'll see you guys online on Xbox later. All right, bye guys. Oh, harder, baby. Oh, <laughs>